Hello and welcome to the Vision Podcast 3.0. My name is Julia Brompton and some people call me Jules. This podcast is about life, whether your goal is living your best life or simply navigating life. By listening to this podcast, you may learn something new, you may well get inspired and you may well laugh. And you may even find you ignite a new sense of self-belief too. All I ask is you remain open. Each week, please join me and guests as we share stories, learnings and truths from past and present, the good, the bad, the brilliant. Thank you for joining the Vision community. Jeff Raw is a former American football linebacker in the National Football League for the Dallas Cowboys. He played college football at Yale University and was drafted in the second round of the 1982 NFL draft. Aside, he is a father, a husband, a businessman, and Jeff was also the first known former pro football player to tie the knot in same-sex marriage. Ta-da! <laughs> Welcome, Jeff. How are you? Thank you for joining today. I yeah. was I, I was uh, reflecting on when we first actually met in person. For a moment, I'd forgotten. Then it came back to me at, at a snap because I remember it was at, actually at Elton John's Oscar party. We were, at El- we were at Elton John's Oscar party, and that's a tough ticket. Absolutely. That's a tough ticket in LA. Yeah, Abs- we absolutely. There. absolutely. Chance meeting. A good conversation, and yes, we stayed in touch, and here we are today. So, just wanted to share a bit of backstory with the, with the listeners, set some context, so to speak. Before we before we dive into a few questions, I just wanted to check: Is Joshua well? Joshua was doing very well. His um, we moved to uh, a town called uh, Manhattan Beach, and he opened a skincare business here. And um, he's uh, you know he's an esthetician, so he's doing very well, and he still gets occasional calls from the Beverly Hills Housewives our clients of his so he's, um, he's a celebrity it. esthetician and doing quite well very good I like it and and your children you've got is Isabella a daughter and is it Don Dillon is that if I remember that correctly yeah yeah it's Don Dillon they're both in college uh Isabella took a year off of college because of COVID so they're both going to the same college in Utah they're doing great up there I guess the good news for them is it's an hour away from the ski resort so Oh. Just about every weekend, they're uh, snowboarding. So that's, they, that's, that's, they have uh, a nice that's, setup. That, that I was about to say, that's a very nice setup. Now, before we dive into a few questions and talk some sports, is that's where I would like to start. And I can already see in the background, there's a great picture of you. What is that? Yeah. That's when you, what, what year was that? Taken? That is uh, probably like 85, 86. Resting before I have to go back out there and get beat up. Oh, so, gosh. It's in the middle of a game. Just who caught who? Do you know who t- who took the shot? No, I don't. They're just um, they just pop up. There's new ones every year that just kind of show up. Quick fire round, just to get us warmed up here. What's your yeah. earliest athletic memory? Oh my gosh! You know, I played uh, I played baseball. I played um, I swam competitively, um, and then I played a lot of football, and then I played basketball. But I think you know some of my first memories were of playing football at a very young age at about eight mm. uh we had uh back then the equipment was really kind of terrible um compared to what these guys right. have now so it was very very uh, rudimentary and i think one of my greatest memories actually was playing baseball and my grandfather was a retired fireman um i was a decent baseball player but i hit a home run on his birthday 
So I hit the ball out of the park. For those of you who don't know what um, the, the the real rules of the uh, you know mm-hmm. baseball, which is similar to cricket, but knocked it out of the park. He never forgot it. That has always stuck with me as one of my early moments in sports. It's a treasured moment, and memories are, are so important, aren't they? And uh, it's yeah. funny you meant. You, it's funny you mentioned you you say the word football because I was um, chatting with a uh, a rugby colleague the other day and. Football, soccer thing came up because, and I did, yeah. I, did I, I did share. I said, well, obviously, when I'm in America, I do say soccer and football because when you say football, people think NFL. But obviously, right. here I would always say football, but it's just what what we know. And I would always say football is football, but this is a huge debate. I, you know what? Let's get- let's for the purpose of this interview, let's just call American football NFL, and then absolutely, exactly. So, quick question, another one: Do you prefer to text people or call people? I prefer to call people. Yeah, I do. I like that yeah. too. Showers or baths? I've had a bath in my house for uh, most of my life, and I think I've used it twice. I'm a okay. shower guy. Okay. <laughs> F- favorite alcoholic drink or cocktail? Mm, all of them. I think I'm a a a, a a wine guy for the most part and then mm-hmm. uh for cocktails you can go anywhere from a mai tai to a uh, vodka drink maybe possibly okay, you know, okay, okay. a martini and when martinis are called for yeah, well there are definitely moments for those i would i would say um and yeah who, any who would you say you you any people you most admire or someone you most admire you know what i i don't know i'm a i'm a big family guy oh, I, like uh, I love my family um I love my, you know, my grandparents and my father who have mm. all passed away and kind of live life um, to honor them. Yeah, no, that's, I like that. It's um, not a celebrity, not a football player. None of that. I have your nostalgia, but um, what's the, in terms of any, the, if you had to, and I know it's incredibly difficult, one piece of advice that you, one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given, maybe by one of your grandparents or. Wow. You know, I think, you know, for me, I'm a handshake guy, and I think some of the best advice I've been given is when your mouth opens and you speak your word and you mm-hmm. live by your word. So once you yeah. cross the line of um, of not respecting what you say to people and mm-hmm. have the courage to live by it and um, and acknowledge it, that, that words have a value what you say has a value to you as a person and to other people i think that's kind of the the basis of my life living an honorable life being a nice person being kind i love that gosh i think it's like a 1939 film it's uh shangri-la i think it was shangri-la the message of the movie was at the at the end there's like a 180 year old man that kind of runs the joint it's a little place they find in nepal actually it's, i think by an english hike a mountaineer crew but but his message at the end of the film was be kind right, absolutely be kind. that's all he said be kind and then that is an interesting play because that that came out again um with this year's oscar winner where the bottom line message at the end of the film was be kind so yeah i love what you say and um wouldn't it be so great, certainly in business, if people just approached, I understand there's healthy competition and all these lovely things. If we could just smooth things over and make life so much more enjoyable, in my experience, and it gets exhausting when people don't try and follow those truths, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. my, um, mom, lives in, my mom lives over in uh, Kauai, which is about 
six hours yeah. west mm-hmm. of us. And mm-hmm. you go over there and they, you know, they have the island spirit, what they call it, but there's a, you know, it's like the, the island spirit. And what's amazing about that, I never hear a horn. Mm. Like somebody could be sitting at a light playing on their phone for five minutes and someone won't honk their horn. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> you know, just... But that, that's definitely testament. Yeah. Like, I, I, I did drive around one of the, uh, is it, um, Wahoo, but I didn't honk my horn. Yeah. I'm, I'm, te- yes, I can say that. It was just no. <laughs> There's no need. I honk mine too. I honk mine too. But when I go over there, I gotta, I gotta hold myself because those people get mad if they hear. All. To wrap up, the couple more questions. Oh no, the, this one I had to. Oh, would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely a Yoda guy. And some, I can remember you... standing in line uh, for the first Star Wars. Pretty, oh pretty amazing. Yeah, I forget how old I was, but somewhere I... in Hollywood, I went and saw it. It was an incredible film. I was I watched the first one and then I missed the second one, which I think was Empire Strike Back, and I went to yeah. Return of the Jedi. I missed this whole gap and I remember seeing Return of the Jedi. Dad arrived at home from work and I go, Dad, you won't believe it. Darth Vader is Luke's because I'd missed that whole middle part where right. everyone else was in the loop. And I was just yeah. it was it was extraordinary. I mean, as a kid for me, I was like, this is amazing. You would never believe it. Yeah. I still remember that well probably that moment because I remember the walking through the door you know as um as I'm probably sure you've experienced with your children um something you would change if you ran the world oh my goodness just one wow that's a big <laughs> that's a big big question you know it is it's, I, it, was, I, it, it, it was a bit heavy for a, a quick it's supposed yeah. to be a quick fire round but um I don't even about, know where to start there to be honest with you well let's so just go places. what about the kindness you already mentioned yeah I mean I think there is um you know, we all do have in, uh, different countries, and even in the United States, it is the word states matter because every state kind of has their own culture. It's very much like Europe, you know. I mean, Texas is different than California, and New York's different than uh, Montana. Um, you know, it's very, very different. It's, it's kind of getting to the point here where it's country folk versus city folk, and the and the country folk are sick of the. Country, city folk telling them what to do getting very very hard to get along because i think the press is making a lot of money keeping people divided you know keeping keeping you know the, the way they sell newspapers and um online um, eyeballs get people to watch their telecasts is to create conflict people really aren't like that you know people people are generally pretty nice to each other and they don't care where you're from or who you are i don't know if i could change something maybe it would have something to do with manipulation of uh everybody in the world by the press and the propaganda because it's just it's ridiculous at this point i'm on definitely on the page in regard to um division does not solve when that is hot air is blown into those to create division it's not and that that's where we must rise above as people and go we know what let's just unite and uh move forward because we actually have the strength to do that we do, we do we do and it's just ridiculous that um you know these internet media giants um put their profits above above just general human interaction and um keeping people together it's like they're trying to force everybody apart it's mm. it's it's getting it's getting pretty bad over here to be honest with you with just division and um it's for no reason other than them making profit all i can say is unity and uh it's down to yeah everyone the people to uh, unite because uh, you know just like your just like your rugby players over there julia where after a game they all go out and have a beer together you know absolutely this is what i i did have to say i i 
I saw something the other day, you know, some piece of content somewhere. And it was, I used to watch rugby as a, in my 17, 18, and we'd go there at Easter and there was a festival and you'd watch it. And obviously you'd have some beers and it was part of the, yeah. Uh, the process but 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 they'd all regrouped and they were all probably in their 40s 50s and they're all back doing the same thing I and mean, then it's good because it's community and it's life and it's real it, it's fa- it's fabulous the rugby culture my yeah. my daughter and son both played uh rugby in um high school and it was such a cool sport and then after the end of the game they would have a big circle in the middle of the field with yeah. both teams and yeah. Um, it was just an amazing culture, and um, yeah, I don't it know. It is something I've, cool I've, about that. I've I've uh, attended a number. I mean, I've c- celebrated and championed and attended many sports. I generally love like sports. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't get to play rugby when I was a kid. I was the um, only girl in a um, in my class for four years. I had to play sports with all the guys. Right. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. So I was, but I except I didn't play rugby at the time. I was. Um, that's not fair, but now I'm actually okay with it. So uh. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend playing rugby to the boys. So moving yeah. on, talking, talking of um, sport. So I, to me, it's always such a, I mean, the work that goes into being a sportsman, being a player, being, I mean, it is phenomenal. It's dedication, it's focus, it's training, it's so many things. And even before you made, when you made, you know, you made that, that transition from college to, oh, you, were dra- you were drafted um, to the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Can you take me back to that moment where you got confirmation and what 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 happened? Where were you? Tell me about how it felt. Something. Just give me a little backstory there. It's, it's actually a decent story. I was uh, at Yale studying for a final. Okay. And black back then we had those telephones that you know you, know, you just pick them up and like this, and they have a dial for those people. I remember it well. And um, the phone rang, and someone said, "Is it Jeff?" And I said, "Yes." And they said, um, this is Gil Brandt from the Dallas Cowboys, and we just drafted you in the second round. Congratulations. And I thought it was one of my friends playing a joke on me. So I said, ha, ha, pretty funny, and I hung up the phone. Right. Um, the phone immediately rang back. The gentleman goes, is this Jeff? I said, and they said, yes. He goes, so-and-so from KRLD Radio in Dallas, and you were live um, on with the Dallas Cowboys, and you just hung up on them, and they drafted you in the second round. They went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And they said, well, don't worry. We had a five-second delay just in case. <laughs> so they said, hang up the phone. We're going to call you back. You're drafted. You're going to be a Dallas Cowboy. So um, so I hung up the phone. It rang again third time, and they said, hi, this is Gilbert from the Dallas Cowboys, we just drafted you in the second round. I went, all right, thank you. But it took, uh, I, I didn't believe it. I thought it was, it was just such a pleasant shock. And I was in the middle of studying for a final, so I was not prepared. Wow. Gosh. So, yeah, because so, yeah, you, you, you've you seen some of the, I'm going to say the movies and depiction. Yeah. waiting, lining up, or there's some kind of, but obviously back then, that's all I wanted to check. What was that experience for you? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, you know, r- right after that, I immediately called my professor and I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to take this test tomorrow. And he said, that's fine. Have a great night. You can take it in a couple of weeks. All my friends just started showing up with cases of beer and it just my it was a mob in my room. We went very hard and late that night. It was pretty funny. A lot of beer, a lot yeah. of beer, like ridiculous amounts of beer that night. 
my gosh yeah. i'm not gonna ask you what brand but um obviously they did well i'm sure um i'm not sure i remember well we were so poor back then it, it was the cheapest thing we could get so whatever that was yeah so <laughs> what do you remember i mean obviously you were excited you were i mean was it like oh my gosh i've done it wow i mean did you really no i mean it's like uh it's a bit of a wake-up call for anybody i mean it it's a it's a huge jump to go from college to pros you know only gosh it's less than one percent all college football players that actually make it on a pro team so even though that you're somebody wants to give you an opportunity to play you know you have to be ready and then once you show up you Mm -hmm. know you're playing against the best in the world and you have to prove yourself immediately, you know, like within two weeks that you're worthy of being out there. And it was kind of interesting because they they have a thing called rookie camp first, which is just all the guys that come from college kind of weed out people really quick that they go, we'll never make it. And then all of a sudden the, um, the veterans come in, the real pros that you see on TV. You know, the first day of that, I'm going, you know, when they put on their pads and you're playing against them, you go like, you know what, I can, I can do this you know what i can play with these guys and you i think for 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 a lot of people it's just the opposite it's like you know what i should pack my shit right now and get out of here Mm. because you know i don't belong here but i felt like i did um and then i had a good good run with them football's an interesting game it's a lot like rugby i I mean uh, nfl is Mm -hmm. um a great game i should say it's it's a I think it's a lot like rugby in the sense that it's a very physical game, but because of that and because of the broken bones and the blood and the pain um, associated with the game, you become um, really good friends with the guys that you play with. Uh, and to this day, I I still love those guys so much. You know, mm-hmm. college and pro, they're just dear friends. You know, you get it's almost like going to war. I mean, you'd really you'd really mm-hmm. do form those kinds of bonds. Mm. Um, and, um, I really do love, um, the guys on the teams that I played with over my, all the way through football, the different game. I mean, that's, that's, um, it's, it's, it's a good reminder on sports and how it does create those bonds and, um, how it's important for people, whether you're at college, whether you're a professional or you're just doing it. Yeah. A club as a, as a sort of community, those bonds, because we all need those bonds through life, don't we? Um, Yeah. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. They can certainly support through um through moments. And what do you think as a player? Do you think that there were it was the most important attribute was more physical, or do you think it was mindset, or a combination of both, or something else? At the, at the NFL level, um, it is definitely both. First of all, you have to you know you train all year in the off season just to get strong. Um, so every, every day in the weight room, um, and then a lot of footwork. Because you got to be able to run out there and move your feet, and you know there's an extreme mental part of the game. Um, and our our team, the Cowboys, um, was coached by a guy named Tom Landry, and then all the assistant coaches were old NFL players. So it was extremely complex, and that's um, our defenses and offenses were extremely complex. And so there was there was a there was a part of our team or a part of the NFL, which is even today, where it's super intellectual. I mean, you wouldn't know it watching it, but it is. There's so many nuances and so many crazy things. But but, but this is the thing, because I I mean, I don't know the terminology. I'm not t- trying to profess, yeah. but obviously, from a logical most sports um, as 
when I was talking with my colleague in rugby and uh, as there yeah. is soccer, all sorts, there's game plays, there's tactics, there's strategies. It's, you know, if we want to call that in the loose term, I mean, it, it's, it's phenomenal, but, but. It, 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 it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's crazy. And even when I watch the games now and the thing, the thing about NFL football, it is, if one guy makes a mistake, the other team can score and they will score so fast on you. You know, like it's in three seconds, they can score if, you, if somebody messes up. One thing about getting beat, you know, there's one thing about getting beat on the field, but it, but the mental mistakes, if you make them out there, it's over. It's over. I mean, everybody can kind of play out there. Everybody belongs out there, but if right. you don't, if you make a mental mistake, over. <laughs> it's so fast. I just want to know, did you want to play for the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, was that on your vision? Like, that is the team I want, or did you have a two or three? You know what? I did it. I didn't really, um, even growing up, I just loved the game. Yeah. Um, I loved watching the game. Um, of course, when they called, it was like, wow, this is like an honor because, you know, the Cowboys are still known as America's team. And definitely back then we were America's team. We would, there was a lot of people in almost every city that we played in that loved us. And then, you know, when we'd go back east to New York or Philadelphia or something, um, they hated us. So <laughs> almost everywhere we went, there was like a little group that loved us. And when we were home, everybody loved us. But when we were away, the other cities hated us. We'd go in there. It'd be like a villain in um, pro wrestling or something. And they would boo and throw snowballs. And, um, it was, I loved it. I loved, I loved playing at home because that was fun. But I, I almost loved it as much playing on the road and knowing that people really viscerally. This is interesting because one of my questions was going to be how important do you think supporters fans are to a team when playing? But you've but which, um, you know, they are part of that. They, you know, they are in that stadium. And as a player, I'm sure you, you are conscious. You have to be of, of that. And But can it aid you or do you block it out and you get so focused? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I think you do get a little bit more excited playing at home, but it is a job and it is your profession. And when you play on other fields, I don't think the fans really, I mean, they never affected me. I loved it. Um, I love getting booed at and being the villain. Um, but um, I guess the difference out there, which there, which was a lot different when I played when it is now is the fields. Um, some were grass, some were astroturf. Mm -hmm. um, some back then when I played, they would play baseball the night before and then, you know, flip the field. And then all of a sudden the next game's a football game. And you would be, you know how uh, you see the guys playing American baseball where they spit the tobacco and stuff? Of course. You'd yeah. be out there playing and tackling and all of a sudden you'd be in a big pile of chewing tobacco. I mean, oh. it was... Um, and then some of the fields were just terrible, mm. but they were, and then the, but the, the, that franchise built the team to play on that kind of field. So we were a fat, we were a super fast team built to play on AstroTurf, but then there was other teams that were built to play on grass. So when you wanted to play them, they had the advantage because they were, you know, they would draft guys to, win the games at home it was like a real strategy back then oh my gosh gosh and it's, and we but we i mean there's so much stress i mean you think there's so many things play into so many different pieces don't they of the player experience yeah. that um i'm if, if you added it all up and i mean i i uh 
What was interesting that's just come to mind? Did you have a pre-game or pre-game? I don't mean physical warm up. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. have a mental pre-game warm up? What? Yeah, I think everybody kind of has their own. Um, you know, everybody kind of has their own superstitions and um, <laughs> and luck things. They kind of go through. I would, you know, I would get there three hours early sometimes, and you know, you have to get taped up. Um, you know, they put a lot of tape on you before you play, so your ankles are taped and whatever's broken that week. Uh, which is almost every week something's broken, uh, um, is getting fixed up and the doctors are um, giving you the proper medications to get you through the game, which I won't mm-hmm. go into too much, but it, it was definitely part of the game back then. And then, you know, there was a an, an official team warm-up. A lot of guys would go out early, and I'd go out early, and I, I was in really good shape, so I'd go out and run a mile or two before the game and get ready. So when the, you know, because there's no time to warm up. Right, absolutely. And then yeah. was there anything from a, um, do any, I'm just going to throw anything out. I'm everyone I've seen, I've seen and heard all sorts of, you know, affirmations or you listen to a certain music to pump yourself up or a- any yeah, kind. Some of guys do that, you know, they get, they, they, they'll put on like a you know, headset or something and get into their space, their mental space. Cause what's, what's strange about, uh, about the NFL is, um, like I said about getting beat, there's like, as soon as you step on the field until the game's over, there's no room for air. You have to be ready to go. It's like, and it's a, it's kind of probably a lot like a boxer getting ready to fight. Um, you have to be ready to hit immediately and those impacts are high speed. It, it, when you, when, when the game actually starts, it starts and it's, there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely physical. It's probably a lot like rugby, you know, like extremely physical. For- what, what was your worst injury? You know, I, I had a career-ending back injury. That's what ran me out of the game. I was in my seventh year, I think, and um, I hurt my back. And it was – it was that was the end of my career. But, um, I mean, almost every week you had something. Something was broken, I mean, like broken ribs. There was, you'd have to play with broken ribs because that's not like a, a bad knee or something. You know, or broken fingers and stuff like that. You you have to play because you're getting paid to play, and it was great. I loved it. But and they would they would uh, like ribs. They would just shoot you up with uh, xylocaine, like when you get your teeth drilled on. So you didn't feel it um, until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was really painful. Um, but they, you know, they tried to take care of you pretty good. The doctors were. It was interesting. I I, I think back then when I played the doctors because and i can say this because they've all passed away by now <laughs> um but they were they were more like veterinarians back then you know it was like we were like cattle and they were veterinarians and they would just keep us doing what we needed to do but, to win football games but you say that with a smile jeff so uh... <laughs> well i mean it's funny now um and it was funny then some guys some guys get mad about it you know because because they take pretty good care of the guys now yeah, and the rules okay. have changed, and of they course. don't. The, you know, the quarterbacks don't get hit anymore. Um, they're very talented people. Like, they're amazing, amazing athletes. What they do to the quarterbacks, that they quarterbacks that I played against, man, those guys got pounded. They got hit hard. So these these kids now, you know, they can they can go out there and play forever. I mean, it's still a physical game, but there there's not a tenth of what the guys that I played with um, mm-hmm. had to face at all mm. and let's say all the rules you know it was just it was crazy back then 
that's a lot of that's resilient. I mean, gosh, there's so many, isn't it? You know, it's no, it's no, it's not, it's, as we say, no, it's not a walk in the park, is it? <laughs> no, it, but it was so much fun. You know, I just, I mean, it's like you're, if you love football, I mean, if you love the NFL, yeah, um, th then you'd love it and there's a reason. And then, you know, when you're done, you're done and you just kind of, you're at that point, you're old. So no. you're not going to get to play again. It's not like tennis where you can go out and play your buddies in tennis. You can't play right. football when you're 60. Okay, talking of which, that's sort of a nice moment to um, transitioning from a professional player to, let's call it, everyday life. Um, yeah. You know, from talking to you with many players, is um, it's not always an easy transition for, for yeah. good reason. And that same thing can be applied to any person, you know, not just a sports person, where they're having to make transitions, whether it from industry, from country to all sorts. How, what knowledge or any any sort of wise words you could share on that? Because I think I think your experience can apply to so many different things in life because we're all having to make those pivots and changes. Aren't always easy. Yeah, I, it was quite interesting for me because I, you know, I grew up in LA and I, I, I always kind of loved the film business, but I didn't know anything about it. So when I came out um, from uh, the NFL. I moved back to Venice Beach, which was fun. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I literally got a job um, driving trucks. Okay. So I went from being on national television the year before to driving trucks for a couple hundred bucks a day in the movie business and just got my foot in the door and worked my way up to where, you know, it took me four or five years and of very hard work they're like 14 hour days I and mean, they don't you know people when they when you when you're working on a movie people don't realize it but it's really long hours um and uh, i ended up being um i went from driving trucks to being one of the uh, a very very good and very very busy uh commercial line producer making tv commercials all over the world and actually shot yeah. in london a couple times and many times in europe Fantastic. And um, it was really fun. I I ended up with um, three top ten Super Bowl spots in my career, and I won Can a couple times. Um, and it was just fun working as a producer, putting mm. those things together, and traveling a lot, meeting a lot of great people. Like amazing, but that's that's thank you. Um, but I love that you let literally you just dove straight into something. Are you some some people could say you humbled yourself because you, you know why yeah. Um, but but I I wouldn't say it's humbling. So I think it'd be quite fun to drive. Um, you know, the <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No no trucks are fun at four in the morning. It was a good run. You know, twenty years or so. It, uh, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. So in terms of your transition, then you know, I would just say to people like you know, I, that was a. I mean, I had a Yale degree. You know, I could have I could have gone and looked for work in a glass building. You know, but that's not what I wanted to do. And I would say transitioning for people, if I could say anything, I would say try to find something that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. So you're not stuck in a position of doing what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, if you're into gardening, then figure out a job that has to do with gardening. You know, if you're into cooking and figure out, yeah. you know, if you, if you got to, if you got to mop the floors in a mm -hmm. restaurant for two years before you learn enough to, go out on your own or, or uh, actually get in the kitchen and make something or, you know, or run a business, um, then 
then you're going to have more fun there and you're going to have a better life than working a job that you, that you don't. Yeah, absolutely. So another transition that you did make in your life was when you, you came out, if that's the term that's used, you were the first former player to marry in the same sex. Can you tell me what, what was, what was the moment that gave you the confidence? I'm sure that was something on your mind for a, a long, 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 long time. Was there anything that specifically I wouldn't change a thing? Um, me and my ex-wife Heather are still dear, dear friends. Yeah, we love our kids. Um, and you know, at some point we got divorced. Looking back on my life, I mean, I, I will say that I think people are born gay. You know, I never expressed that until very, very late in life, mm-hmm. and I, I kept it as something that I never really understood Mm -hmm. um, and actually prayed to God that this was not really me, but it was. Mm -hmm. And then the authentic part of me came out, um, you know, very, very much later in life. Mm -hmm. Um, After we got divorced, I just figured, okay, well, let's just see what happens here. And and then the the next thing you know, um, Joshua and I Mm -hmm. found each other. And then um, it was scary for me mm-hmm. um, to actually, because even though, you know, I, Joshua and I were starting to hang out and stuff, nobody really knew, you know, I never, we never, you know, really announced anything to anybody or I was, you know, and I was living in a part of town where not many people knew me, so it didn't matter. But I was paranoid about the whole NFL thing because there were like literally no guys that had ever come out there was a couple that kind of come out um so i knew it was going to cause a stir then finally josh and i decided to get married and and i wouldn't even send out our wedding invitation until two weeks before our, our marriage or before our marriage ceremony and um when i did i got a lot of a lot of responses back and they sent them back saying this must be the wrong person um, because oh, not Jeff okay. Rohr's Jeff Rohr's not getting married to a man. Um, and then two days before our wedding, I got a call from a guy at the New York Times, mm. um, named Vinny, who's a really nice guy. And Vinny basically said, "Hey, you know, we heard about this, and do you know that you're going to be the first NFL player in a same-sex marriage?" And I said, "Well, no, actually, I I haven't really studied on that." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, you are, and we're going to run a story in the New York Times." And that we'd appreciate your cooperation. I asked him if I could call him a bit later. Um, so I went out and got some counsel from some friends and some family and other people. And because I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt the NFL. I didn't want to hurt the gay community. I didn't want to say the wrong things. I wanted to try to bring people together. Um, because it, it, you know, it is a divisive, um, issue, especially, you know, eight years ago or whatever, or even more than it is now, things are getting better. But, you know, people have their opinions and they're entitled to them um, mm. on one side or the other, regardless of what people think. People have the right to do what they want. That's why we live in a free world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to try to respect, <clears throat> I wanted to try to respect everybody on both sides, be a person who is, you know, clearly proud to be gay because I'm getting married to a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody found that offensive, then, you know, I would rather sit down with them and talk to them about it than fight with them about it. It just doesn't make any sense, you know, where there's no upside to creating conflict. So the story came out and then it went viral globally. 
and uh, and here I am. <laughs> here I am. I'm not going anywhere. I, I don't think the NFL still is like you know. I'll be mm. honest with you. They're. I mean, they're. I think they're trying. Mm. Um, but I still don't think that they like it. You know, I'm just being honest. I don't think they really, really like um, having to deal with it. Um, obviously, I can't comment for them, and would, would never comment for other people. I, yeah. Um. It's. I guess all 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 kind of things that. Have, any type of change or shifts, yeah. it's you, you know it takes that time to rise above, look, and then slowly things start smooth smoothing out. So it's a um, and it, yeah, yes, it's very interesting because we all see uh, see lives through our own lens and our own way. And yeah, um, yeah, and that's and, fair enough. And, that's fair enough. But it's thank but God it, but, you guys had Freddie Mercury and uh, Elton John. You know, yeah, <laughs> two, two, two heroes, two heroes of mine. Um, yeah. Absolutely. That really, I think, raise awareness, and um, you know, especially Elton on um, the way he's raised awareness, but in in like a really cool, dignified manner, mm-hmm. um, and not not um, not fighting people, just setting a good example of a great yes. human being. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and 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 that's what it is about because we are. We're, you know, we're humans. We're here to live, breathe. We're doing good. We're living, and yeah. well, life's too short for anything other than that. Julia, <laughs> I will tell you this though: it was, it was, it was so. One part of the coming out thing was so amazing. Uh, is that I thought? I mean, I literally right before you know the wedding invitation went out. Then I had to get on the phone, and it's like, you know, this sounds kind of a stupid analogy, but like mm. an alcoholic when you got to call your friends and go, "Hey, I'm an alcoholic," or whatever. Um, but it was it, it it's it's not similar to that in any way other than um, I had to get on the phone and call people and tell them that I'm gay and I'm going to marry a man. And I thought it was going to be the biggest deal. I'm on the phone crying with everybody. And they're just going, oh, okay, cool. So uh, let's go have a beer. You know, it's like 99% of the people did not care because of what we talked about earlier. If you're a good person, your word's good, you love people. Yeah. Um, they just want you to be happy. So, yes. I I, so, yeah. I I agree. And I've been through the receiving end of a call like that from someone. Oh, and I was nice. like, oh, yeah. So, and I went, okay, that's great. And they go, what do you mean it's great? I said, well, of course, you're great. I love you. And da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing because, I, I you know, I expected a lot, a, a major, I, you know, and for me it was so emotional. But for everybody else, it was just like, dude, settle down. You know, you're, it, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, the world is, is fine. You know, there's places you won't be able to go now, probably, you know, there's countries that you should probably avoid, but for the most part, you're cool, dude. So just go with it. And, um, you know, there's, there's haters out there, but mm. I think. There's haters you know, on everything. And, I mean, we've all had right. our moments. I've been hated on having blonde hair for having tall legs for this. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you name it, you can't, you know, it, it's just. Yeah, and but yeah, even I, you know, people knock people people knock Texas all the time. Um, I some of my best friends down there were full on redneck cowboys, and they're just like, "Dude, it's fine. I don't give a shit. I love you, brother. I always will. You know, do what you want to do. You're always welcome here." 
You know, it just, it doesn't, it, it, it's not what people, it's not as bad as people think or say. And, and if they, and if they think it is that bad, then go out and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Quit whining about it and go out and shake somebody's hand. Right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Enough whining. I think, I think there's a lot of, um, how should I say? People are on lots of different topics, not just there's many different things right now, are very um, yeah. passionate. I'm going to use that word. However, passion sometimes can translate to emotion. And where many of us have not been taught, weren't taught how to manage life skills at an earlier age, right. these right. things can become and have done become very heightened. Yeah. And because it's understandably so, and when, when people aren't, if, if we could all try a bit harder to rise above and look at, a full aspect before we pass judgment, before we start cursing or putting vileness out into the world. I mean, that's the kind of training we all need to do. Everyone needs to do it because if everyone embodied managing their emotions and able to just rise above and breathe before we would, the world would instantly (laughs) be a lot. Yeah. Um, We we used to call it a yell, going to the balcony. When you get mad, you go to the balcony, you look down and then you come back. Um, Mm -hmm. Hey, Julia, one more thing while we're on the um, um, the gay issue, yeah, uh, LGBTQ, whatever we want to call it. Um, yeah. You know, one other thing that is pretty interesting that's happening in, in our lifetime, um, probably for the first time ever, is family equality, which I think is kind of cool. Where, you know, like Josh and I, mm-hmm. when we got married, the kids were here and Heather was here at the same time in our house, which was a very interesting time. Um. But, you know, we, we're seeing more and more families with same-sex parents. And it's, it's really cool. And I think there's a lot of kids out there that are getting some great parenting from the gay community, you know, the same-sex. So I think that's something that it, that's kind of next on the radar as far as everybody accepting that. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage everybody that, um, that, Caesar hears this message to give that a chance and um, open your minds and hearts and 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 embrace the, the kids and the parents and and if they're good people then treat them with the same respect you treat everybody else with. Yeah, it's absolutely. up to the it's up to the gay community to represent themselves properly. Um, mm-hmm. And every, every community that community every, every community, community it, right and we have to, yeah. we have to it's it's part of everyone as a human on this world in in this world yeah to yeah. um to enact that because ultimately that is what is um as coming back to the previous yeah. the unity the division that is what yeah i know it's not as simple as black and white and there's lots of gray and all these different areas yeah. but we ultimately how do we all want to be treated right yeah, I and mean, then, you know, this, this this family, you know, the the family equality um, um, discussion is relatively new. You know, certainly in the last okay. twenty years of humanity, basically, right? Um, kind of, but now definitely in the forefront. So, you know, I think that's 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 an ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. There's bridges to be built there, and yeah. it, an opportunity for all of us to grow. Um, and up to all of us to to understand that it's a reality and it's happening. And when my mm-hmm. daughter went to uh, high school for the first day, from um, 
and we moved to this new town that the, the girls came up to her and they said, Hey, your, your dad's gay, right? And she went, yeah. And they went, Oh, that's so cool. So, was like, <laughs> so now it's kind of a, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to say anything bad about the straight dads because they're all cool too. Most of my friends yeah. are 95% yeah. of them are. But uh, it's funny now the way the, there's a paradigm shift. Yeah. It's okay now. Don't get mad at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Your next adventures, which are going into, which is very smart, savvy mood, this car camping slash exploring. Um, oh, yeah. Um, which is uh, hot right now. It's over over here. I saw it on a yeah, Dragon Yeah, uh, over, overlanding is getting huge in America. And, um, yeah. I just started a company called Toro Bravo, yeah. 4 by 4 Amazing. Uh, Toro Bravo 4x4.com. Um, it's really cool though. It's a it's a beast of a vehicle. Um, you can go anywhere. I mean, you know, it's four wheel drive, big mm -hmm. truck. Leap in it, do whatever, go out and have some fun, get away from the city, and yeah, hopefully out of cell service. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's all these things. I think so many more people are getting into <laughs> get this. Out. Get away. This this somewhere. freedom and um and, and sort of flexibility and. Uh, yeah. yeah marrying that you know days like that with the you know other other traditional ways but it's uh yeah it's definitely hotting up jeff yeah. it's been it's been so nice to talk to you and thank you for sharing your wisdom your stories yeah. and and uh helping um put some wise words helping out there with vision helping exactly with vision. we're creating a new vision here so it's uh, yeah. we're all we're all part of it and it has to be Everyone has to be part of it. It requires all of us to do our own personal growth in order to do that. Uh, and there's a lot of healing that needs to be done in the world because if we don't do the personal growth, it's how things escalate. So it's Very kind well of, said. E e everyone has responsibility for that. Yeah, and it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And then also, Julia, I do, I'm going to insist that oh. the next time you're in Los Angeles, we have a margarita. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm absolutely down for that, and it'd be, it'd okay. be lo lovely to see you. All flesh, but, but, but fantastico. And if, um, and if I come, and if I come your way, you got to buy me a beer and a pub. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We we can do a beer, <laughs> and may even treat you to a a, a proper uh, a roast dinner. Um, wow, there we yeah. go. Yeah, you're familiar with that, aren't you? Oh, sure. Yeah, if you're not, a, if not, I if not, I'm if, if I'm not, I will be. You're a first, uh, first travelled man. But uh, Jeff, thank you. Yeah. Wishes to your family, and I appreciate you sharing and speaking today. And yeah, we'll, we will talk again soon. All right. Thank you for and having thanks. me. Take care. Okay. Bye.